Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 74 is on page 430. O God, wherefore art thou absent from us so long? Why is thy wrath so hot against the sheep of thy pasture? O think upon thy congregation, whom thou hast purchased and redeemed of old. Think upon the tribe of thine inheritance, and Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt. Lift up thy feet, that thou mayest utterly destroy every enemy which hath done evil in thy sanctuary. Thine adversaries roar in the midst of the congregations, and set up their banners for tokens. He that hewed timber afore out of the thick trees was known to bring it to an excellent work. But now they break down all the carved work thereof with axes and hammers. They have set fire upon thy holy places, and have defiled the dwelling place of thy name, even unto the ground. Yea, they said in their hearts, Let us make havoc of them altogether. Thus have they burned up all the houses of God in the land. We see not our tokens. There is not one prophet more. No, not one is there among us that understandeth any more. O God, how long shall the adversary do this dishonor? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand? Why pluckest thou not thy right hand out of thy bosom to consume the enemy. For God is my king of old. The help that is done upon earth, he doeth it himself. Thou didst divide the sea through thy power. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the water. Thou smotest the heads of Leviathan in pieces, and gavest him to be meat for the people of the wilderness. Thou broughtest out fountains and waters out of hard rocks. Thou driedest up mighty waters. The day is thine, and the night is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. 
thou hast made summer and winter. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy hath rebuked, and how the foolish people hath blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove unto the multitude of the enemies, and forget not the congregation of the poor for ever. Look upon the covenant, for all the earth is full of darkness and cruel habitations. O let not the simple go away ashamed, but let the poor and needy give praise unto thy name. Arise, O God, maintain thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man blasphemeth thee daily. Forget not the voice of thine enemies. The presumption of them that hate thee increaseth evermore and more. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around, and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock at Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him. And there he was, wandering in the field, and the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what, what, what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it and delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit which is in the wilderness, 
and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back from his father. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit. And indeed, Joseph was not in the pit. And he tore his clothes. And he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more. And I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Here ends the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, Praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Began at the tenth chapter of 1 Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. 
Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Here ended the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. We beseech thee, Almighty God, look upon the hearty desires of thy humble servants, and stretch forth thy right, the right hand of thy majesty to be our defense against all our enemies, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, 
defend us thy humble servants and all assaults of our enemies that we surely trusting in thy defense may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of jesus christ our lord amen o lord our heavenly father almighty and everlasting god who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin neither run into any kind of danger but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through jesus christ our lord amen Good morning to all as we enter into the uh, the joseph story we encounter some of some of the great themes or maybe the great theme in my sort of observation of the old testament which is um, god's sovereignty in the midst of of ordinary disordered human life so um we're going to get we have in in chapter 37 um what we could just honestly call a spoiled brat of a boy and a bunch of jealous brothers who act you know according to those those types uh joseph you know walking around in in the special garment you know sort of naively telling dreams about how he's going to be great and they're all going to be bowing down to him the brothers enviously seething in anger against him so much to so so that they're going to um they want to kill him and are only saved by the the, the sort of light discretion of one brother um so one of the good news is if you think there's some issues in your family that uh you know that that they're challenging here's this foundational family with some pretty big issues and yet we're going to work the next chapter through the chapters it's a protracted story of how in the midst of very bad human decisions god is going to work to a a a conclusion um with we're looking forward to the line at the end of genesis where uh, joseph will say to his brothers you you meant evil against me but god meant it for good and so god's sovereignty god's sovereign control through the chaotic events of ordinary life is a theme here that we need to sort of embrace in our own lives as we trust god god can work in all things for good uh and and so that's that's that theme um a secondary theme or not a secondary theme but a spiritual application of this theme is this this idea of envy uh a deadly sin where we look at another and are angry because of the attention or success or whatever it is they have that we're not getting and because of what they get we feel defective and then we're consumed with you know either gel you know with anger towards them we might try to criticize them or uh cast dispersions or or we have this idea that if only we had what they had maybe we'd be happy of course all of these things are lies and from the standpoint of the spiritual life because we we all are tempted to this in our lives to so look at someone else and and be, be be essentially jealous um but if you think about it just from a sort of practical standpoint here you we're all doing fine really just in relationship with god with who we are and then somebody comes in who is favored and it draws our attention away from our own contentedness into envy of what somebody else has or is doing and it's really a distraction from our prayer and 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 the 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 um the the sin of envy is based on the idea that there's a a scarce resource of 
you know, God's provision. And therefore, so somebody has more, there won't be enough for me or, or, and the sin of envy has to do with the idea that um, you've, you're saying to God, you've not given me enough to be contented. I have to have what somebody else has to be contented, which is a foundational lie. So the, the, the sin of envy is combated with the attitude of thanksgiving for the gifts that God has given me. And it reminds us the proper focus of life is on um, using the gifts God has given us to do the good works God has enabled us to do in our sphere of influence. And envy always distracts us from that by focusing what somebody else has, what someone else is doing, and, and it robs us of our own particular ministry and, and focus. And in that light, we can use these, this analogy or this, this example St. Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 10, Israel in the wilderness, you know, they, they're baptized into Moses, they, they, they ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, and he is, you know, paralleling this with the church, they've been baptized into Christ, they're feeding on the body and blood of Jesus, they're going through the wilderness, uh, and he's saying, don't get distracted, and, and this is the point for us, is don't get distracted by looking what someone else is doing, what someone else has in the wilderness. We need to focus. That's the temptation to be drawn away from our prayer and relationship with God, to be drawn away from the particular things God is calling me to do in the ministry I have into something I want in the world or something I, I need. Unless I get it, I won't be happy. And, and that's the temptation. And, and uh, God gives us the grace to resist this temptation. And we find that grace in our prayer by staying connected to God, by listening to his voice for our lives, by being grateful for the good that God gives to someone else. It's another way we combat envy. We see somebody who has some good to be thankful for their good, just as we'd love them to be thankful when we get good. And so we get good in our lives. So um, that's a, a focus here, the spiritual application. Beware of envy, of, of allowing ourselves to be drawn away from our focus on God and our ministry that he's given us be drawn away from that by our looking at other people, what they have and the status they have, what they're doing and what we want. It's all the distraction and a temptation to, to be aware of as we're wandering through the Lenten wilderness on the way to Easter. So a few thoughts on today's lessons. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. That it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen.
Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men.